I don't know about you, but I like instructions that are broken down into easy to digest bites. Little things that if you do all of these little simple things, you can accomplish something pretty extraordinary. Uh, most things that we buy these days are some assembly required. And so it's, I feel a little more confident when the instructions have some simple step-by-step things that I need to do. The problem is that obviously items today are manufactured all around the world. And so sometimes they're manufactured in a place where English is not their primary language. And so the original instructions are written in one language and then translated into English to be sold here in the United States. And sometimes that works well. But other times, not so much. For example, this is from some installation instructions for a bicycle alarm. That's like a car alarm, but it's for a bicycle so that when you lock up your bicycle, it'll be secure. Uh, This is a quote from those uh, installation instructions. This is exactly what it says. Sensitivity just. When unit not work, press C and hold on to your ear. You should lose your hands if you hear each sound. I'm glad to protect my bicycle, but I'm a little concerned about the losing my hand part. I'm not sure that that's exactly what I want to do. I think what they meant to say is loosen your grip when you hear the sound, but I'm even not so sure about that. Well, the Bible was originally written in a different language. It is translated into English for us. But fortunately, the instructions are very clear in what we need to do. Paul provides very direct instructions for following Christ here in Romans chapter 9, or chapter 10 rather. We'll begin reading, reading with verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. These are instructions on how you can change your life. Confess and believe. Paul provides these basic building blocks of our faith, confession and belief. The brevity of his instructions do not hide the profound nature of what it is he's describing in this passage. First, he says to confess with your mouth. That means to acknowledge that something is true, to agree that this is factual. And what we acknowledge is huge. What we acknowledge, what we confess with our mouth, is that Jesus is Lord. Now those from a Jewish background in the New Testament day would never call anyone Lord except for God. Calling someone else Lord would be seen as blasphemy or heresy unless it was true. So confessing Jesus as Lord is acknowledging He is the one true God. In the New Testament day, no person from a Jewish background would ever say those words Unless it was absolutely true. And no one from a Gentile background would say that either. 
No one would dare refer to anyone as Lord other than Caesar. That's why this is such a touchstone of our faith. You wouldn't say Jesus is Lord in the New Testament day unless you absolutely meant it. And thus the direct connection that Paul makes to our belief, to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The resurrection is what made all the difference for Paul. For Paul, coming from a Jewish background, being a Pharisee, only something dramatic could cause him to say those words, to claim Jesus is Lord. And meeting the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus, it changed everything for Paul. It transformed him. Because if Christ is resurrected, there was only one assumption Paul could make. That Jesus is Lord. Lord of all. Lord even over death itself. Now, for the Gentiles to whom Paul was writing, the resurrection did the same thing. It was the the dirty little secret of the emperors who required everyone to refer to them as Lord. They kept dying. Many of them killed at the hands of their enemies. Not a very impressive Lord if even Brute could dispatch you. Jesus' resurrection changed everything for those from a Jewish background, from those from a Gentile background. His resurrection changed everything for everyone. The fact that He is alive, it overcame the fear of what the emperor or anyone else might say. Confessing Jesus as Lord, believing God has raised Him from the dead, they were two sides of the same coin. And they're the bedrock of salvation. A complete trust in the one, true, resurrected Savior. Some things we will say, but we don't really believe it. Or it doesn't really matter one way or the other. For example, we might say, I believe it's going to rain today. And we might even take an umbrella with us. But if it doesn't rain, it's not that big a deal. No one really cares. Some things we believe, but we may not say them. I remember one time, a long time ago, in another city, in another state, I was eating lunch with some folks and they offered me some pickles. I like pickles. I love pickles, as long as they're dill. I don't like sweet pickles. And these looked like dill pickles, which I don't know how you can tell by looking, but I thought that I could. I thought, well, these are going to be good. And then I put them in my mouth. They weren't just sweet pickles. They were mint sweet pickles. <laughs> Which, if that's your favorite recipe, don't get me wrong, but, but, you know, making a sweet pickle with mint is, for me, like adding injury to insult. I mean, it just, you know, I just, I want it to be dill, and it wasn't, but, you know, you don't want to say that. <laughs> So I chewed and I swallowed and I smiled and I said, boy, those are some pickles. (laughs) 
There are some things we'll say we believe, but it really doesn't matter whether or not it happens or not. There are some things that we believe, but we might not say. But there are some things that are just too important. We believe them, and we have to say them. Like when I told Marcia for the first time that I loved her. I had to say it. I just couldn't keep it in. And she made me wait a month before she said it back to me. But I didn't care. There was no way I could not say it. For Paul, confessing Christ was like that. He believed it. He was convinced that Jesus is the resurrected Lord. But for him, that confession and that belief, they went hand in hand. He believed it with such passion, he could not be kept silent. He had to say it. That's the passion we need to recapture as believers. To fall so much in love with Jesus that we cannot be kept silent. We have to say it. We can't stop confessing Him as Lord. So how do we get there? How do we gain and live out a passion for Christ that cannot be silenced? Well, Paul identifies the secret in the next verse, in verse 10. Get to the heart of the matter. Paul makes a similar statement in verse 10 to what he made in verse 9. He just reverses it. Verse 10, Paul writes, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For Paul, again, the resurrection changed everything for him. Knowing that Christ was risen just as Jesus had said that he would be, it caused Paul to go from a man who was persecuting Christians to a man who sought to make people become Christians. It caused him to go from a man who despised Gentiles to a man who wanted to spend eternity with them in Christ. It was a change of heart. For Paul, this was not just some kind of an intellectual debate. He didn't just come to realize that the claims of Christ were true. Now, he did. He accepted everything about Jesus as absolute historical fact. He accepted his life, his death, and his resurrection as being absolutely true. But it was more than just being a fact for Paul. It was something that changed him. It was more than just changing teams, going from the Pharisee team to the Christian team. For Paul, this was a transformation of his heart. His whole outlook changed. He came to understand there was no other way. He writes, for it is with your heart that you you believe and are justified. As the old saying goes, either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Paul understood that he didn't give Jesus just part of his life. He gave Jesus everything. Holding nothing back. He believed with his heart to the very core of his being. Knowing that only in Christ could he truly be forgiven and justified. Now realizing his salvation was from the grace of Christ. Paul could not 
keep silent. He told everyone he saw. Let's suppose one day a plumber comes to your house. You've had a plumbing issue, and so you call a plumber, and they come to fix it, and they give you an estimate estimate of how much it's going to cost, and so you start asking them a little bit about what they're going to do, but his answers seem to be a little bit off. You you ask, well, well, what kind of pipes are you going to use? And the plumber replies, round. Okay, I wasn't expecting to use the square pipes, but round is good. That'll work. And so you you kind of dig a little deeper and say, well, you know, what type of fixture are you going to put on here? Is this going to be a brass fixture? Is it going to be a silver colored fixture? What kind do you think you're going to use here? And they say, well, you know, I can fix just about anything. Well, that's great. <laughs> How long do you think it's going to take you to do this job? And the plumber replies, well, it depends on what kind of tools you have. So you ask him, well, what kind of tools do you have? And he says, no, it depends on what kind of tools you have. I didn't bring any of mine. I'm going to use yours. Well, at that point, you're going to realize it's time to call a different plumber. What you've realized from what he said is that this fellow really doesn't know much about plumbing. (laughs) Most of us want a plumber who has a lot of experience, or at least a little more experience than what we have. And it would be nice if they brought their own tools. Paul was not just describing a teaching he had heard. This was not just some information he had gathered. He believed Jesus is Lord with his whole heart. What he writes comes straight out of his life. Believing in Christ wasn't just something he preached about. It wasn't just something that he wrote about. It was who he was. And that's where the passion is born. When we begin to understand that our relationship with Jesus is not just a title that we wear. It's who we are. And that starts with what we believe. This week I challenge you to take another look at this passage of Scripture. This passage in Romans chapter 10 is is such a foundational passage describing some, some very simple, direct, and yet absolutely essential truths for our faith. And it's good to remind ourselves of what those truths mean, of what it means that Jesus Christ is risen, of what it means that He and He alone forgives us and justifies us, of what it means to confess Him as our Savior and Lord. To recognize the dramatic change that he has brought about in our life. Because as we remember that, as we refresh ourselves in what it is that Christ has done for us, we will not be silent. In fact, we cannot be silent. We can't hold it in once we realize what it means that Jesus is. Heavenly Father, help us. Sometimes in the course of our Christian walk, some apathy will creep in. We begin to just kind of go through the motions. Lord, we don't want to do that. 
remind us of what we received when we received Jesus. Remind us of what it means to confess Christ as Savior and Lord. God, bring up within us a passion that cannot be silenced so that we will let the world know that Jesus is Lord. For it is in His name that we pray. Amen.